Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. Matthew 3, 7 says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You see, God, when he speaks through men and, of course, women given gospel, he knows the issue of the heart. And if we're sensitive to him, then he knows what we need to say to each person. So as we're talking to one, their sin may be what I listed out the other day. With these Pharisees, they were proud. They thought they didn't need to repent. And so God, through his Holy Spirit, pokes right at them. And he says, no. You're a generation of vipers. Now, before we get into that section, I want to read a little bit about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We're going to be talking about them a lot as we go through the Gospels. They're mentioned very much. And so, in David Sorensen's book on Matthew, he has a good definition, and I will talk through that. I'm not going to just read it, but I, I will talk through it. So, the Pharisees were a strict set sect within Judaism, which literally meant the separated ones. So their name in itself was like, we are the righteous ones. So that was in their name. In later history, they became known as not Pharisees, but Pharisim, Pharisim, and it meant the interpreters because of their inordinate emphasis on interpreting the law. So what they did instead of just seeing and saying, God says this and we need to obey it, they knew more. So they read God's word and they interpreted it more so you can really understand what God is saying here. It was the Pharisees during and after the Babylonian captivity, captivity who began the oral traditions of rabbinical Judaism, which continued to this day. So you'd say, oh, well, that seems good. They're, they're talking. They're giving God's word by talking. Oh, it was more. They added every time and their word was just as equal as God's word. So we'll continue. These oral traditions of interpreting and embellishing upon the law of Moses came to have at least equal credence, credence to the law. And even many times they superseded the law in a practical importance in the minds of many Jews. So they came up with these uh, saying, not just sayings, but, well, the God says this, and if this is the case, then they added more and more and more to it. The, what they added, the oral speaking that they added became more than and, and more important than what God said. Jesus is going to go right after this. In the, as we study his life, he's going to say, ye have heard that is that it has been said. Now, he never goes after God's word. He would say it is written and he explains it more. What he goes after is 
you you guys have heard this, but I say unto you, and this is what Jesus goes after, these oral traditions. So moreover, they held that God had also orally communicated to Moses their commentary explaining the law. So they thought that when Moses wrote down what God said to write, there was more, and they knew what it was, that God explained more things to Moses, and they were able to really understand it, and they wrote that down, their commentary on that. Therefore, their commentary, the traditions which they greatly espoused, carried equal weight with the law of Moses in their minds. So this was the Pharisees. The Pharisees were those who helped develop the synagogue system in this dysphoria and became the caretakers thereof. So the synagogues that they started, God used later on. Jesus definitely used the synagogues and Paul used it. So things that men st- you know, start, a lot of times God uses, but the idea of these synagogues was not only to read God's word, it was to read his word and then them explain it to everybody because you peasants can't really understand it. They were correct, moral, zealous, and self-denying. When they say they were correct, they thought they were correct. But they were also strongly self-righteous and considered themselves above any need for repentance. They were true legalists in that they believed by keeping the letter of the law, especially as they interpreted it, that they would become righteous before God. So their whole perp- their whole basis for gaining the kingdom of heaven, as what we're talking about, was not started with repentance. No, it was that they were good people. As I have witnessed to Jews today, that is one of the biggest hurdles. Besides that they're afraid that they're going to receive rejection from their family for believing in Christ, the second thing is that they believe they're good people. We, we obey God, we listen to his word, we sing his word, we've tried to follow it. My friend, we cannot rest on ourselves. And that's what the Pharisees did. Now, they did even more so because they didn't just rest on their own good works. They added, and we're going to see, they added a lot and Jesus goes after it. It makes him mad. Now, we have to remember as we're reading the New Testament, Jesus of the New Testament is the same God as Jesus of the Old Testament, Jehovah, God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. They are the same. So when you read things in the New Testament, you get exactly the sense of what Jesus, or I'm sorry, what God, which Jesus is the same, but when we're thinking about the Old Testament, what Jehovah wanted. So we'll read passages that you'd say, oh, that's what he was saying. Well, what part of why we get off on the Old Testament is because of the Pharisees' influence on making the law of God to be uh, hard and nasty. Now, none of us can keep it. The law was given to us to show us that we needed Jesus Christ. But it wasn't made to make our lives miserable. That wasn't what it God gave it for. God gave it because he loved the nation of Israel and he wanted them to have laws. And the Pharisees added and and made things up that God did not say. Now, the opposite spectrum is the Sadducees. The Pharisees, I believe many more of them were eventually saved because they did read God's word. They just had to get over their self-righteousness and just go to the scripture. The Sadducees, on the other hand, 
were extremely liberal. They would be uh, the liberal liberals of the day that didn't believe God's word at all. They denied or doubted anything supernatural. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in miracles. Uh, they, of course, did not believe in the resurrection for anybody. They didn't, they didn't believe in any of that. They were uh, particularly represented in Jesus' day by the priesthood and the Sanhedrin in the government. So a lot of the priests, like Annas and Caiaphas, they were Sanhedrin. That, these were very ungodly people. And as we saw, they, they were just put there by Herod, who wasn't a good man at all. It was all political. So it was like, uh, I, I, I have friends who are Jewish, and some of them read the Bible, try to follow the Bible. Uh, they, they know they're not uh, perfect, they, but they do strive. There's others that say, I am Jewish by heritage only because I was born a Jew. And what I like about being a Jew is just the, the traditions like the holidays. But they don't believe the Passover. They don't believe any of the miracles. They don't believe uh, the the stories of the Old Testament, and they don't like the laws of God. They don't like the Ten Commandments because they don't uh, follow what God says. They're Jews in, in name only because of their parents. That is similar, not exactly, but it's similar to this idea of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And later, we're going to see many, many Pharisees got saved. They actually did study the Bible. The Sadducees didn't at all. And there is different stages of um, people that you can witness to somebody and they know some of the scriptures. You know, I've talked about Catholics. There's wonderful things that the Catholic Church teaches. That Mary was a virgin when she became pregnant is a wonderful teaching. That she stayed a virgin the rest of her life? No, that's not true. But they believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. They believe he is not in the grave anymore. So if you're witnessing to a Catholic who has read the Bible and, you know, believed many of the doctrines of the Bible, many times they're much quicker to be saved and understand salvation. Where if you witness to a Catholic whose parents was Catholic and they went and they did, you know, a ritual every Christmas and Easter and they had no idea what they were doing and they had no interest in the scriptures, it's much harder to share the gospel with them and for them to receive it. That's what I have seen and this is what I see in scripture. So the difference between these two are very, very different. They join together in hatred of Jesus, and one day they all join up and they kill the Son of God. But they're very, very different in beliefs. And so these men that came, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come, he knew it was not because they were repentant. In the Pharisees' case, he looked at them as being self-righteous. They didn't need to repent. The Sadducees, they came because, hey, everybody's doing it. Let's go do it. There's people like that today. Hey, yeah, there's this church is, this one church is growing. They're, everybody's getting baptized. Okay, I'll go over and do that. Okay, whatever. They have no desire for the things of God. And so he cuts right to the point and says, oh, generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Oh, that's not a message that the American people want to hear at all. If a preacher today preaches hard on sin, he is labeled as unkind, unloving. No, it's unkind and unloving not to speak the truth. And here, you generation of vipers, what's that? Poisonous snakes. You, you, you whole group, you're just a whole group of, of, of vipers. That's what he's saying. 
you know, who who warned you? He's he's preaching hard on it. Let me tell you, John would not have been accepted in America. Oh no, America, we want uh, a soft pedal and smiley preacher that just talks about how great you are and how you have so much. That wasn't John's message, message and it's not the message that changes lives. The power of the Holy Spirit happens when we preach God's message. The reason we have a whole country full of debauchery and sin, and yet we have gigantic churches, is because people have just adapted to a gospel that is not scriptural. They follow the prosperity gospel. Yeah, let make my life feel good. And they live in sin, and there is no repentance. And God doesn't bless that. And our nation's under God's judgment right now. So he says in verse 8, Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. What's he saying here? He's saying, you got to have proof. You can't say that you are repentant unless I see something. We talked about this before. A willingness to change will bring about a change. When we repent of our sins and place our trust in Jesus, repentance and faith brings about a change. If there is no change in your life, you didn't get it. You need to go back, and the Bible says, examine your salvation. You need to see, am I in the faith? Do I even understand this? Do, do we uh, think that there's going to be no change? That idea, fruit, meat for repentance. Remember when we talked about a help meet? God created a help meet for Adam. What was that? A helper that was created exactly for Adam. In this case here, it's saying you need fruits. You need works in your life that show exactly that you have been repentant, that are suitable for repentance. If you are repentant, works will follow. When I say works, not, oh, I'm going to crawl on my knees. No. If you repent of adultery and you ask God, God, forgive me. I repent and forgive me for that adultery. And you get up from that prayer and you go sleep with another man that's not your husband. You did not repent. You said some words. Maybe you felt sorry. The Bible gives illustrations of people who felt sorry, like Saul, but he was not repentant. When we're repentant, fruit, diff- different works, different actions will result. And that's what he says. You know, I know what you guys are like. You're self-righteous. You, this crew, you don't even believe the Bible. You need to show that there's a difference in your life. And when we're witnessing to people, we want to make sure that they're getting it. I've talked to people afterwards um, who claim to be saved, and I know People can put on an act, and I talk to them later, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well, I did, you know, yeah, I did, yeah, I, yeah, I did that." That's not salvation. Salvation will bring forth fruit. Now, it's different for everybody, and, and people grow, and there's a lot. A baby Christian does not understand, but there will be a change. It won't be, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I did, yeah, I did that, yeah, I guess. We need to, if we're talking to somebody like that, we need to go through the gospel again because they didn't get it that first time. So that's what he's saying to them there. Verse 9, it says, And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham, our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. John the Baptist is cutting it 
cutting them down. And we're going to get into that next time. And he is preaching hard, and it's a message we need to hear today. Heavenly Father, I pray that we need to examine our life. If we're claiming that you've changed us and, and you've saved us, Lord, I pray that we're living like it. You give us the power to do so. And Lord, I pray that when we mess up and we do what's wrong, that we confess that and forsake it. And we, we leave that sin. We don't keep coddling it and loving it. You make us new when you save us. And I pray that we would bring forth fruit, meat for repentance in our lives. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.